You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Do you know you have access to the greatest power that's ever existed in humanity, folks? You know, a church called by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to the world has power. It's this indescribable power, but we're going to try during this series, and it could be six weeks, it may be eight weeks, it may be ten weeks. It's whatever the Lord wants it to be, but I totally believe that he's going to manifest himself in such a way in your life and in the life of this church and the life of your family and those who are connected to you. It's going to be so powerful that you will never be the same. It's a transformation that will occur if you will open your heart to receive what God desires for you to receive, for you to hear and taste and see how good our God is. And so Jesus has resurrected to be with the Father. Last Sunday was Easter. And we don't want to fast forward too much and go all the way to Pentecost, which Pentecost Sunday is May 28th. But we're going to stay in this series until then. But we do not want to get too far ahead. That's why I mentioned to you how powerful and meaningful all of the services of Holy Week were. And what I didn't say to you was how amazing our extravaganza was that Miss Molly uh, led for our children and, and people in this community. And it was pouring down rain outside and still had an amazing event here in this chapel. And where you're sitting now, there were eggs, not real ones, but there were eggs everywhere. And we had visitors and we had people who had just heard about it. We heard, had people come that the Easter egg hunt, their church had been canceled. And so they came here. So I'm so thankful for Molly and for Miss Rhonda and for Stephen that are down there right now that are ministering to our youth and our children. And I just want to invite you to continue to tell folks about all the amazing ministries that this church has to offer and how we're encountering the true, authentic, Holy Spirit of God. And so I just want to retrace a little bit for you so that we don't skip over Easter and the resurrection. So it all began in John's Gospel in John 13 where Jesus displayed the most radical acts of humility that we've ever experienced. That's when he washed the disciples' feet. And that's when he commanded them to go and do likewise. He commanded them to love as he has loved them. He told them that to love as he's loved them is not a declarative. It's not an option. It is an imperative. It is a must-do that we are to love. It's also in John 13 where we learn about Jesus' betrayal from Judas. But we also learn about the denial that Peter, the rock, the great disciple, would deny Jesus three times. And then we get to John 14, and Jesus is trying to comfort the disciples before he's arrested and has his trial and crucifixion. He's telling them about the promises of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit was coming, that he had to go so that a great power would come and be amongst them and that would empower them and enable them to do even greater things than he did. And we'll unpack that over these next few weeks, what that really means. And then John 15, that's familiar to some of you, when Jesus refers to himself as the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches, and if you remain in me, fruit will produce abundant in measure. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He's reminding them that I am the vine. You need to be connected to me at all times. And then we get to to John 16, and that's 
the Gospel of John that really sets the stage for Pentecost when he says to them, the advocate, the comforter, the spirit of truth will be with you. And he uses a a very tough word for some people to pronounce. It's a Greek word, parakletos. Now, in the English version, we say parakletos, like parakeet, parakletos, but it's actually parakletos. And what it says, what it means to us, it's a great comforter, a friend who's closer than a brother, that we will receive that. He's telling the disciples they will receive that. And then when we get into 17, John 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples that they would be one just as he and his father are one. And he's also praying for all the believers. So he's praying for us, preemptive prayer for us and for his disciples in John 17. And then John 18 is when he's arrested. John 19, he's crucified. Then John 20, and this is where we would be if we were following the lectionary, but we're not. But if we were, this is where we would be in John 20, because John 20 is the empty tomb. It's the women reminding you that the women arrive first. And by the way, if you did not see the interpretive dance that our youth did, the girls did, at the sunrise service. We put it out there on Facebook and YouTube. There's links to it everywhere. Please go and watch it. Because what you're going to get from that, I believe, is how the women may have responded and reacted when they discovered that Jesus had resurrected. But then he also appeared to them. And our young women did a phenomenal job interpreting that moment. But it's also in John 20 that Jesus appears to his disciples. And toward the end of John 20, the famous scripture of Doubting Thomas. And we won't spend a lot of time on that, but most of them are familiar that John was, not John, um, that Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared to the disciples behind locked doors. He was out somewhere else. So he had to wait for an entire week, you know, not really knowing that Jesus really show up. You know, I'm not going to believe it unless I actually see him. And then finally, the disciples are together again. Thomas is there. Jesus shows up with his nail scars and everything and the scar in his side, and he allows and permits Thomas to touch those scars. And that's when Thomas becomes a believer and realizes it's Jesus. So I don't refer to Thomas as doubting anymore. I refer to Thomas as Thomas the believer. Thomas the believer. Maybe we can start referring to him as the believer instead of the doubter. And then we get to the end of the John, in John's gospel, and it says this, and maybe you've never read this part or you didn't reflect on it. It says that Jesus performed many more miracles, some translations say signs and wonders, in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So we really don't know how many more miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus did in that, that 40 days before he ascended and before the, the Holy Spirit came. But we can only imagine it must have been something magnificent, some of the things that happened during that time. And so this sets the stage for our first Holy Spirit testimonial. Every week during this series, you're going to hear from someone in this congregation or in this community on their belief, their understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And I really think you're going to know who this is right away. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my back deck. It's a cool March evening. Perfect night to sit by the fire. You know, this reminds me of when I was a kid. Me and my friends loved to camp out by the fire. 
We'd roast hot dogs, marshmallows, and then more times than not, we'd share a good ghost story. Well, I've got a ghost story for you tonight, and the best part about it, it's all true. The first time I remember hearing from my ghost was in 1971. I was just eight years old at the time. Now, bear in mind, when I say I heard the ghost, it's, it's not actually an audible voice. It's more like thoughts that are plastered across a high-definition TV in my soul. I feel it in my deepest being, and somehow I just know it's true. Well, at eight years old, I remember the ghost wanting to introduce me to his friend. He told me that his friend could save my soul, change my life. Every Sunday, the ghost would try to persuade me to trust his friend. He pursued me, especially during worship. I remember singing songs about his friend, because he lives, I surrender all, holy, holy, holy. I felt such a tug on my heart. I, I felt an inviting love and warmth when I sang. The ghost was inviting me to come, to follow his friend and become part of a new family. Well, later that year, I gave in to the ghost and met his friend, Jesus. A pastor named Don Hazel shared the good news of the gospel in my living room and led me to Christ. Oh, the warmth, oh, the love, oh, the tears of joy. You know, I didn't understand it at the time, but at that moment, the ghost made a home in my heart. I knew Jesus as Savior in that moment, but it would be a long journey to discover what it meant to know him as my Lord. You know, back in 1971, my church didn't talk much about a relationship with Jesus. So even though I was saved, I, I didn't really know what to do from there. The next time I would hear from the ghost would be 11 years later in 1982. I was in college at the time and had absolutely no idea what I should do with my life. I was in desperate need of inspiration and direction. My sister asked me that year to sing at her wedding. I can't recall the song, but it was a Christian song. The ghost clearly told me, this is what I want you to do with your life. I didn't even understand what that meant. I told my mother about it. She, she felt that God was calling me into ministry. I remember thinking to myself, me in ministry? <laughs> That's nonsense. I can't be a minister. I didn't listen to the ghost. Instead, the tug and the voices of this world were louder and more appealing at that time. And so I went my own way. Two years later, I moved to Los Angeles with a rock band to pursue a recording contract. I quickly became enamored with the glitz and the glamour of the Sunset Strip in LA. I didn't have much of a desire for the ghost during those years. I was too busy pursuing my dreams and what the flesh wanted. My next encounter with the ghost, though, would be extraordinary. I'd been in LA for eight long years, but the success that I longed for had eluded me. Finally, in 1991, the band I was in was signed to Warner Brothers Records and we were signed by the Eagles manager, Irving Azoff. It looked like everything was finally coming together. But sadly, internal conflicts within the band led to our breakup later that year before the record could even be released. The failure sent me into a spiral of depression and drug use. One evening after midnight, I pulled up to a drive through ATM to withdraw some money to buy drugs. Suddenly a car pulled in front of me at the bank, blocking my way to go forward. Four men wearing L.A. King's gang attire jumped out of the car and started walking my way. The girl that was with me screamed, they've got guns. I was in shock, absolutely paralyzed. I couldn't move. I wouldn't fully understand what happened next until years later. 
I was watching the Clint Eastwood movie called Sully. You remember the story. It was called The Miracle on the Hudson. It was about the U.S. Airways flight piloted by Captain Chesley Sullenberger. It landed in the Hudson River after a catastrophic bird strike that took out both engines. After the bird strike, the captain said these famous words from the cockpit. My aircraft. The co-pilot replied, your aircraft, giving him full control of the plane. So as the gang members approached both doors, I saw them lift up their pistols, and then the ghost took action, in essence saying, my aircraft. I, being led and steadied by the ghost, put the car in reverse, a stick shift, mind you. I could have easily dumped the clutch. I floored it and drove around that entire bank like Mario Andretti in reverse. We should have died that night, but the ghost saved our lives. Later that same year, the ghost would show up again in a motel room in Orange County. One night, out of drugs, out of hope, in a place of utter desperation and despair, where suicide appeared to be my only way out, the ghost met me in that place of hopelessness. And oh, the high-definition flat panel and my soul lit up. I love you. Return to me. It's time. Come on home. I got up left that place and prepared to head back home to Atlanta within four days. The ghost has been healing and leading and teaching me ever since. Who is this ghost? He is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, my counselor and my friend. Anything I know at all about my Father in Heaven and my Savior Jesus has been revealed by the ghost. He opens my heart to the deeper things of God. He gives me revelation into the Holy Scriptures. He gives me direction and leads me in the way that I should go. He corrects me and brings about conviction in the times I've fallen short and strayed from God's path. He teaches me about God's will for my life. He compels me to show the love of Jesus to others. He renews my mind and helps me discern the will of the Father. He has and continues to give me supernatural strength to carry out the work that he's called me to do. And he graciously offered the same calling to ministry that he had offered in 1982. But this time I said yes. I believe a revival is coming for the Church of Jesus Christ across this world. Are you ready? Holy Ghost, we're ready for your fire to fall. We're ready for your voice to call. We're ready for your lightning to come. We're ready into your arms will run. We're ready for death to be done. We're ready for your kingdom to come. We're ready to burst to life. We're ready for you to set things right. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We're ready. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I love you guys. This ghost is a fire. A holy flame burning wild Burning through the night Burning with the light Of a billion skies His love is like lightning Cracking through the sky Burning through the rage, burning through the pain of a billion scars.
Thank you, Doug. And we are ready. Are you ready? So, at Misty Creek, we are about 
application, applying what you learn here. And so I was going to have the ushers pass these out, but I'm going I'm to let you get these when you leave. The ushers will give these when you leave today. Everybody needs to get a copy of this. And you're like, what is that? These are outlines to every single message in this sermon series that God has given me so far. And what I want you to do with these each week, this first page is today. What I want you to do, you can either do this as an individual reflection or... If you have a family, have a spouse, and others, you can do this together. If you're involved in a small group, a buddy group, prayer group, it's a great way to continue reflection, continue to review what we're learning here together about the Holy Spirit. And one other thing, a lot of you go out to lunch after church. You meet with each other and go to dinner and that sort of thing. How powerful would it be rather than to discuss the Braves, you know, four-game winning streak or the stock market, which is probably not where it needs to be, Reagan, and all that, you brought out this. And you went through this scripture together and you discussed what you learned from the ghost stories today and the worship time we had together, what an experience that was, and what you heard and learned from this message in the scriptures. Every week you'll hear um, a testimonial. Some will be nine minutes, some will be four minutes, some will be two. And it will be people from this congregation and in this community. So I hope you will come and be a part of every one of these series. If you're like, well, we travel a lot during April and May and probably going to miss most of it, we have podcasts. We broadcast online, YouTube, on our website. You can go back and watch these messages, maybe listen to the sermon messages, the testimonials that you hear, and complete this and reflect on it. It's not a test. I'm not going to take these back up. But it's time for you and I to really develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to take long this morning. I think Doug has said it in his message this morning through that song. But I just want you to know that we are not alone, that God is with us. He has not left us comfortless. He didn't leave the disciples comfortless when he left, when he ascended. He told them that he was going to leave them or bring to them a mighty comforter, like a mighty Russian wind. God sent flames of power and purpose upon his disciples, and he does that same thing for you and I. Now it's time for us to do his will, to preach the kingdom of God and do acts of mercy and justice and healing that show the world the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how do you do that effectively? I'm going to answer that. By allowing me and these wonderful folks and these testimonials and God's help to show you how to light a fire. How do you light that fire? You receive the Holy Spirit. Kenneth read this passage for us this morning from John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, Jesus continually uses the words he and him 
when referring to the Holy Spirit because he's not an it. And I'm going to unpack this a lot during this series, that he's not an it, that he's not a vapor, he's not a mystical figure. He is a person. If you don't see him as a person, you'll not develop a personal relationship with him. The Holy Spirit is the third person, person of the Trinity. He comes beside us, along beside us. He's our advocate. He's our comforter. There's a great story that's told by a wonderful preacher, Robert Morris. He grew up kind of the same way that I grew up. He grew up in a trailer. Now, I grew up in a trailer. Now, to be politically correct, you're supposed to say manufactured home or mobile home. We grew up in a trailer. It was a trailer. My dad, it had a tongue on the end of it. You know what a tongue is on the end of the trailer? We could move that trailer if we wanted to. We didn't. We had a lat- had lattice underpinning. And my dad turned that trailer into a home. He built onto it. It, was, it looked like a house. And in our, in our trailer, just like Robert Morris and his trailer, we didn't have fancy things in there. Matter of fact, what we had on our beds was called a bedspread. You know what a bedspread is? And I remember going to, you know, um, my mama's best friend's house. They lived in a beautiful ranch-style home. The husband had a business, and they had a nice house. And I remember going into their bedrooms. They didn't have a bedspread. They had a comforter. Yeah. And Robert, the pastor that I'm talking about, he tells a story just kind of similar to what we encountered that, um, you know, his wife wanted a comforter for their, their trailer, for their bed. So she bought a comforter, spent a good bit of money on it. They didn't have a lot of money. And I remember my mom did, this, did something similar and put it on the bed. And one day, Robert comes home, and he goes into the bedroom, and the comforter's gone, and the bedspread's on the bed. And he says to his wife, hey, where's that comforter? Somebody stole it. That's what us men say when something's missing or not there. You know, we say somebody stole it. That's what we say. Well, she told him, no, nobody stole it. I put the bedspread back on because the comforter is for show. It's not for use. We had, anybody have that in their home? We had that too. We lived in a mobile home and we had a bed with a comforter that you couldn't use. It was nice and plush and fancy, you know, big old pillows on the bed, way too many pillows. And then as my mom and dad got a little more established, you know, and they built onto the trailer, we had a bathroom that had towels in it, but there were guest towels and there were regular towels. Anybody identify with this? And you are not supposed to use the guest towels. You use the regular towels. And if you were caught using the guest towels, you would get reprimanded. I've been into some of your homes. I'm like, should I use that towel? I'm not sure about that. And then there are all these soaps and things. You're like, do I use that soap? Oh, they've got embroidered napkins. Do I, do I use that? You know, and I'm trying to think, what am I going to do with my hands? You know, kind of like Ricky Bobby. You don't know what to do. And uh, so the, the point is, folks, the point is, Our comforter, the Holy Spirit, is to be used. He's not for show. And so that's what we're going to unpack this week together. And the Holy Spirit also prompts us what to say and what not to say. You know, if you ever have that moment where you say, I shouldn't have said this, I shouldn't have thought that, that's most likely the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, yeah, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't do that. And when you do say it or when you do it, you feel guilty. The Holy Spirit's convicting you and saying, you see, I told you, you didn't need to say that. 
You should have consulted me before you lashed out in anger. You should have thought about it. You should have prayed about it before you responded in an agitated frame of mind. You see, the Holy Spirit is also my friend. And he's not strange. And he's not weird. This is not Mystic Creek Community Church. We are Misty Creek Community Church. Okay? Now, I admit, there are some people that are weird that are filled with the Holy Spirit. They were weird before they had the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're probably sitting beside one of them right now. And you're probably familiar, you're probably familiar with folks and churches that try to manufacture the Holy Spirit. They try to conjure up the Holy Spirit. Hey, they got this big revival going on at this school, or they got this big event, or that church is doing this or that. Let's do that too. You know, and let's manufacture some stuff. Let's get us some smoke and some fog and let's get Pastor Stephen to wear skinny jeans. Never. I'm not doing it. I'm through having children, but I still ain't wearing no skinny jeans. So there you go. That's what you're coming for. You're not getting that here. Okay. Skinny jeans get thee behind me. All right. And so the Holy Spirit is my friend, and I have learned, and I told the youth this. I didn't learn this until I was about 40 years of age, that the Holy Spirit is my best friend, and he's for use, and he's not weird. He's not strange, and Doug said it more beautifully than I can. The Holy Spirit is a person. Acts 1 through 8 and I'm going to ask the band, they can come on up. We're, we're, we're winding down. This, I told you it wasn't going to be a long message today. But what you're hearing is not only going to move you, it's going to transform you. Because your understanding of who the Holy Spirit is will take you to places you never thought you could go. So we're almost done here. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses throughout the world. The Holy Spirit is my God. He's not weird, and he's a full, equal member of the Trinity. At the baptism of Jesus, I don't know if you know this, and we talked about this a few weeks ago in Luke 3 when we were in the, in the wild series. All three are present, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And shortly after that, the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And then Jesus says, and this is the most comforting passage of Scripture, John 14, 26, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And Kenneth read this this morning, John 15, 26, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. Men, we're doing the truth Bible study. It would behoove you to be there. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. In John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. You will never know what the truth is. You'll never be able to proclaim the truth unless you know who the truth is. The truth is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. We read God's Word with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that those words come to life off the page, folks. The Holy Spirit can guide you into all truth because He knows all truth. He is omniscient, all-knowing. The Holy Spirit knows everything. 
God can never think of anything he's never thought of before. Did you hear that? God can never think of anything he's never thought of before. So one of the benefits, and this is what set me free, and I believe it will set you free today. One of the benefits of being a Christian is that you have someone living inside of you who knows everything and has committed himself to be your teacher. However, you will never ask him for an answer if you don't believe he's a person. Why would you have a conversation with a power or a force or a chair or it? You can't, can you? Is it possible that the Holy Spirit is trying to help us think like God thinks, desire what God desires, and feels what God feels? According to Scripture, this is not Stephen Street, according to Scripture, He lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit can tell you what the Almighty God is thinking. He can tell you what Almighty God desires and feels about a situation because the Holy Spirit is God and He lives within you. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you accept Him, you sell out for Him and you serve Him and you follow Him because you get to and you want to, you don't got to, then the Holy Spirit will baptize you and fill you up to overflowing to where you have a connection to the vine that Jesus was talking about. I am the vine, you are the branches. He will fill you up to overflowing until you know what his will is, his thoughts are, his plan, his next point of action. He will reveal that to you. So that's when you go to him and you say, Lord, may your glory be my only aim. May your will be my only desire. May your thoughts be my thoughts. May you speak through me, live through me, teach through me. Are you understanding, folks? Is it sinking in? The Holy Spirit lives within you. And when you receive Jesus Christ, that spirit that was with you at the moment of conception, it's ignited, sets you on fire. You don't walk around defeated and complaining and whining anymore. You walk around celebrating and glorifying God and you tell others about God. And you make a difference for the cause of Christ. You serve and you put others' needs before your own. You quit being selfish and you become selfless. So in essence, you can know God intimately because of the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, if you are born again Christian and have received Jesus into your heart, He has reserved a place for you to spend eternity. It's indescribable. It's inconceivable. No one, no one can really fully comprehend what He has in store for us. When you have a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit, God is able to minister to others through you, and the fire is started in another. That's why it's important to tell your Holy Ghost stories, what God has rescued you from, what He's brought you through, through that wilderness. You tell others about it and share what God has done and how He's opened that door and renewed your mind and transformed you. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome in this place. Come flood this place and flood our hearts. Fill us, mighty God. Give us your mind, your thoughts, your attitude, your will. Give us your energy. 
because many of us are tired and weak and worn. And Lord, renew us. And Lord, for those who don't know you this morning, and man, this is a lot for them to digest, Lord, I pray that you would open their hearts right now and that they would make the greatest decision of their lives. And if you're ready to make this decision, if you're ready to surrender to Jesus Christ and receive and ignite the Holy Spirit that God placed in you at the moment of conception when he looked at your unformed substance and created you in the depths of the earth and he breathed into you life, if you're ready to ignite that spirit and be set on fire, then pray this prayer. And maybe you're already a believer, but you just feel stagnant and stale and your fire is, is, is waning and you want it. Here it is. Get ready to receive it. I'm praying in the Spirit today. You ready for this? Holy Spirit, send forth your power, your presence. Manifest yourself in my heart right now. Become real. Give me the assurance of my salvation. As I say these words, the greatest words I'll ever say. Dear Jesus, I love you, Jesus. And I give you my heart. I don't want to live in the flesh anymore. I don't want to sit alone in a hotel room or in my bedroom or in my car or in my room lonely and guilty and struggling. I need you in my life more than ever. Lord, I ask you to light the fire in my heart, fan the flame. I receive you as my Savior today. I accept you with everything that I am right now. I surrender to you, Holy Spirit, through your Son, Jesus Christ. I will follow you all the days of my life, and I will serve you and tell of your goodness and grace and mercy to a dying and broken world. Restore me, Jesus. Renew me as I come to you, Jesus. I give you everything. You are my all in all, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I pray this in your holy name. Amen. You said that prayer today. It's the first time you've ever received Jesus in your heart. You don't keep that quiet. I want you to tell me. I want you to tell Doug. I want you to tell these other folks in this room. Go up to them. Say, I received Jesus into my life today. What do I do next? And they will share with you what to do next. They will guide you and disciple you and minister to you. And if you recommitted your life today and you're ready to be lit on fire, you're ready to serve him with all that you are, and you're ready to be a part of this series, I want you to take this study guide home with you. And every day, I want you to read those scriptures. I want you to reflect and let God manifest himself in you in such a way that you start jumping up and down. You're so full of his holy ghost power. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.